I'm Chris Reback. This is Working Capital Conversations. The role and importance of global investing continues to grow and get more complicated. At the same time, the globalization trends, cross-border transactions and supply chains, technology and more have flattened the world and extended the range and importance of investing. New counter-trends of protectionism and nationalism may be changing the game. The need for understanding, education, and heightened capability around global investing skills arguably has never been higher. What are those skills? Which trends will be most important as we consider the next generation of global investing? Kevin Burke is Managing Director of the Notre Dame Institute of Global Investing at the University's Mendoza College of Business. In fact, he's the Institute's first Managing Director. Burke is spearheading the launch of this important effort within one of the world's leading universities to create a first-class research and education facility that, among its many goals, seeks to help integrate graduates into leadership roles within the competitive global investment markets. Kevin, thanks for joining me. Clearly, launching an institute at a university like Notre Dame is a really big deal. Let's start with the background. How did the program begin? I guess, most specifically, what did folks there see happening globally? globally that inspired them to launch the Institute. Chris, great to catch up and thanks for the opportunity to talk a little bit about what we're doing here on campus. I think to answer your second question, what we saw here on campus um, was really one of the driving forces behind the Institute getting launched. Uh, I think as we often ask ourselves here on campus um, what it means to ask more of business, we think it's important to recognize the vital role capital markets and really the investment community play in that process. Uh, We believe at Notre Dame we're uniquely positioned to develop the next generation of investment managers who will set what we think are both the ethical standards as well as leadership standards in global markets. If we kind of reflect back a little bit on the vision, which I think is what you asked out of the gate, um, and you touched upon it a little bit in introduction, We aim to be the preeminent university-based investment management research and education program in the world. We think we have a world-class finance faculty here, and we hope through new institute-sponsored research grants, we can provide them with the resources to continue to be thought leaders in the space. Um, We think the institute is uniquely uh, positioned uh, because we're emphasizing our programs on both undergraduates and graduate students. And as we did a bunch of pair analysis, we found most institutions were geared towards graduate students. And so we feel like we're kind of paving new ground, especially with our undergraduates. Um, On the experience side, we have a number of different opportunities for students that range from formal education programs to non-credit workshops, as well as uh, an advisory component, which includes some job placement and some mentoring. I think at the end of the day, we hope we will offer an innovative and complementary uh, finance experience to our students, and we believe we'll be able to set them apart in the marketplace. It's really interesting that uh, what you just said as well about the undergrads. And, you know, to me as, a, as a, you know, an outsider, a layperson, it would seem like the interest in global investing has moved even younger. I mean, maybe, you know, you, you tell me, you know, your experience from the industry, but, you know, going back five, 10, you know, maybe even 20 years, uh, you, you know, folks entering that 
field and in, in the global investing space might have gotten into it uh, after graduate work, uh, maybe after getting their MBA. But as you're pointing out, and and you guys are are trying to serve this, uh, I guess serve this market. I don't really necessarily think of it as a market, but you know, serve that this market. You're focusing on uh, on the undergrads and and you know meeting that need. Is have you seen that as well? Is the interest in global investing um, has that moved just a bit younger? And uh, you know, and and what does that say about uh, you know what's happening uh, globally? Sure. I think we're trying to focus on a need that we recognize in the market. Um, and that's, I think, where, our, where we're focused. If I had a dollar for every time a student knocked on my door and asked me if I should go back to business school and what are the pros and cons associated with that, uh, I would be on the beach more often than I am. <laughs> and so students are really being given opportunities at a much younger age to explore and learn the very broad field of investment management which we collectively defined as either being an advisor or a principal, which translates into either you could be a banker or you could be an investment manager. Uh, We are now seeing uh, sophomore year internships available not only to our diverse candidates, but to a broader group of candidates. We are seeing firms come on campus freshman year and begin to uh, hold information sessions. And so the entire cycle has accelerated, not only from graduate to undergraduate, but now from upperclassmen to underclassmen within the, um, within the very competitive recruiting process. And so we are really focused on a couple of things. One is we try to infuse really innovative curriculum into both our graduate programs and our undergraduate programs once our students have a base of knowledge and then a tremendous amount of time is focused on our undergraduate students' education, eye-opening experiences, uh, bringing practitioners to campus to introduce either a new asset class. For example, we had a, a room jam-packed with students to learn about the art of distressed debt investing. Uh, we will introduce students to a new skill um, or a new opportunity. And so that would be, those would be examples of some of our non-credit uh, programming, which we think really serves students, especially the undergraduates and especially the underclassmen within the undergraduates, as you noted, um, are being given more opportunities uh, today than they ever have been. And w- what types of students and researchers do you expect this will attract? How would you characterize them? Is there a personality set? Is it more of a professional outcome or a desired professional outcome set? How would you characterize the students and researchers you expect this will attract? So I think we're targeting students that have not only the aptitude, but the intellectual curiosity and passion for the industry. Through our programs and our extracurricular activities, students have ample opportunities, I just explained, to kind of explore and learn. And on the research front, Uh, We believe the Institute is positioned to assist with enhanced research and faculty recruitment here within the Mendoza College of Business, as well as retention, um, and most importantly, place Notre Dame at the forefront in areas related to investment management research. So we can talk more about that, but we have given out grants. We have conferences on the agenda that have a research bias. So, um, you know, it really runs the gamut. 
and so talk to me a little bit about the wider hedge fund community. Uh, how, how, will the, how will the Institute for Global Investing engage with the global leaders who actively do this for a living? I mean, that's one of the keys around a, a place like Notre Dame and, a, you know, the, the Notre Dame name and, and global reach, obviously, um, is, you know, you guys know people and, and have, have placed global leaders in every field around the world. Um, what's your strategy in, in around uh, connecting with that wider hedge fund community? So I think you touched on a really important point, Chris, about the extensive Notre Dame alumni network, uh, whether it is alumni themselves or um, parents of children that either have attended or are attending the university. And it gives us a really um, exceptional and broad group of professionals that we can tap. And then you just continue to grow and build that, that network from there, whether it's through Scott Malpass's network, my professional network, or others we come across. But specifically, you asked about the hedge fund community. Um, you know, our students will have the opportunity to engage with these industry leaders through sponsored internships, which we um, are very involved in. Uh, we have speaker series that regularly occur on campus, and then we have a really neat new mentor program. Uh, I guess I'll give you one example is I am teaching a international portfolio management class with a finance faculty colleague of mine named Shane Corwin next week. And this is a class which will be offered during spring break and will be based in London. We're offering a small group of undergraduate students, in this case juniors, an intensive week of real-world interaction and case study with a leading London-based hedge fund manager. Uh, the hedge fund manager has no um, direct relationship with the university, but we know them through mutual friends and they agree and understand with our mission. And so we think this course will give students an opportunity to have a real-world experience on investing and, most importantly, contribute investment solutions in a collaborative setting, which is exactly what they're going to have in the real world. Well, re reading between the lines, listening between the lines, I, I can't help but assume that was a personal invitation to me um, to, to join you. It's no, I, I'm happy to be there. I'll see you next week. That sounds, uh, that, that sounds pretty you know, awesome. You, you and many others, I think we all wish we could come back to school at some point. So we, all... uh, we, we do think it's a fun it's a fun opportunity for the students. And, um, you know, we're just listening to what we see and feel in the market. And you talk, I talked a little bit about the need that we think we're meeting. So, um, but I agree. I wish I could come back as a student as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, well, that's the, well, maybe we'll, we'll write that movie script. If we can't do it in real Perfect. life, we'll, we'll at least make a movie. Perfect. So it, tell me more about you. I mean, when did you first hear about the Institute? Maybe it was an idea at that time and, and not even officially launched. You, you'll tell me what stage you kind of, um, heard about it and, and how, how did they, how did they rope you in? Sure. I probably get ask this question most often. Um, I've even had students who I've gotten to know have said to me, I hope you're not offended by this question, but why are you here? And so what's, you mean, always, like, what's the matter with you type thing? Yes. Yeah, so like, like, what is, what has happened that you're here? And as an aside, I live in Greenwich, Connecticut, and I commute during the week. Um, so my family still lives uh, in Greenwich. And I have a really supportive wife and two wonderful teenage daughters that encouraged me to chase a dream and do something kind of off, off the run and have some fun and give back. Um, but to your question, the Institute was, was 
funded uh, about 18 months ago through a very generous alumni, um, class of 96, Jim Parsons and his wife, Carrie. And they funded the Institute uh, in 2015. And I was working with Scott Malpass and his investment team on um, a number of committees and boards. And one of the things we were trying to do was determine who could run the Institute. And we had a very um, specific list of the type of individual we wanted. And as we were going through, and I was watching them search for the right candidate, in the back of my mind, it always seemed like it could be something that could be appealing to me. So I had a very enjoyable career in finance. I wasn't looking to leave the hedge fund industry. Um, I was the president of a multi-billion dollar equity long short fund in Greenwich, Connecticut. But the pull to give back to my alma mater was really powerful. Um, I fought it for a long time and I just couldn't stop uh, thinking about it. And so uh, I became engaged more directly with the Institute about a year ago and officially came on board nine months ago. And as to the why, it was just a unique opportunity to come back to campus to help build something from the ground up, uh, to be in position to help so many students absorb the energy on campus. It was just really appealing. Um, you know, literally, there are blue skies and green fields here. Kids dream big. Uh, I just got tired of waiting for the sky to fall in the professional world. So, and probably most importantly, I just didn't want to look back with regret. So as I noted, really supportive family. Scott Malpass, who's been the CIO here for a long time, is a really good friend. He did a great job in selling me on the vision and the opportunity. You know, Chris, I just kind of analyzed the upside downside like we do in most things in, uh, in the investing world. And I just felt the downside was very limited outside of the commute. And the upside was tremendous for me, for the students, for the universities. Um, and I just benefited at the end of the day by people guiding me, whether it was an arm around the shoulder, whether it was a more formal mentor relationship. I just like working with these kind of kids and these kind of people. And I just felt it was the right time to go give back and something that was truly unique. And of course, not only are there green fields and blue skies, but there's also a golden dome. And uh, I'd certainly hope that you at least negotiated, uh, you know, two season tickets to uh, the, you know, Notre Dame football. Oh, the basketball is pretty good as well. I probably, so negotiated tickets to both of them. I, I hope that it was part of your, your deal. And if not, we're going to have to really rethink this whole thing. It is, you know, I set a couple of goals for myself and one of them was to attend a varsity sport, uh, varsity match event in every sport on campus. And so far, I'm about a third of the way through. Uh, I still need to see some fencing and some crew and some other things. But uh, it's just been fun. You know, it's just it's just been fun. I think that's the that's the simplest way to characterize it. It's been fun and it's been meaningful. Going wider, um, obviously, in going kind of into to global public and private affairs, this feels like a really particularly interesting, even a fraught time to consider global investing. I mean, you, we, we all follow the news. Global trade is being rewritten as deals get canceled. You have Brexit in Europe. You have the America First policies here. Um, China's role in Asia is about to change again, given the TPP pullout. How do you see global investing now? You know, that's a great thing for students to have to think about. Um, they create great case studies. We use them real time on a regular basis. We have a really exciting new emerging market class that we're teaching in London. And, 
you know, we essentially use The Economist as one of our textbooks. Um, I guess my role now as an educator is to provide excellent real-time case studies. And as an educator, I think about these things differently than I would as a money manager. So that is one way for me to kind of tackle some of that unknown is just to frame it up from a new vantage point, which I sit right now. And then I think from a broader standpoint, I think it goes back to one of my first comments about asking more of business, which is kind of the motto here in Mendoza. And uh, it goes to some of the, the fraud and some of the issues you, you rightly noted. And we think if we can wrap the moral compass and the moral fiber in the university around our programs, and as we develop this next generation of managers, we'll set the standards for ethical leadership in global markets. We feel very strongly about that. I mean, it really is, and particularly, I think you're right for for an educator. Well, I mean, it would be fascinating um, and incredibly risky as well in the actual investing world. But it does feel like we're approaching something that resembles a crossroads between the you know globalization that we have seen and the flattening and and technology um, versus the increase in protectionism. And you know, you're seeing it in. Uh, the UK, obviously seeing, uh, you know, much of it here and, and President Trump calling for, you know, not just free trade, but for fair trade. Uh, and I would assume, yeah, for, for an educator and for somebody establishing an institute like you are, uh, it's almost like you're doing it right at the most important time or a time when the global economy is, is undergoing, you know, a, a real transformation. Do, do you, do you agree? I would agree. I mean, we certainly didn't foresee this, and we certainly didn't <laughs> predict this, but it is, it is without a doubt a great thing for the students to have to think about. It creates meaningful di- dialogue and debate in the classroom, and uh, we try to introduce the tension as often as we can. Yeah, that really is. It's the, the, the tension. That's, that's really the way to describe it. Uh, so to, to close things out, Kevin, um, what's next? What are the next steps kind of both, you know, literally and then also from a vision point of view? Uh, what's next for you and for the Institute? So I think for the Institute, our next steps, uh, as we kind of turn the page on our first year, is to continue to roll out programs and initiatives. Uh, the one we're most excited about is a Women in Finance initiative. So we are partnering with a New York City-based organization called Girls Who Invest, which is run by the former CIO of the New York City Pension Plan. And so we uh, ideally, or we along with both UPenn, Wharton, and one other Ivy League school, we believe will be hosting a series of educational curriculum for young women that are interested in the field of investment management. And this is year two of that program. So last year was the pilot program at Wharton, and uh, they had over 1,300 applicants for 60 seats. And so they are looking for new partners to help drive their mission and meet the demand that they have. And so we're excited to partner with them. And we think that will be one of numerous programs we want. We run under a much broader women in finance initiative, and we are very focused on that, and that will be one of our key key goals as we kind of turn the page into our second year here. In addition to that, it's just conti- just continuing to enhance and innovate on the on the uh, curriculum side. We're offering a new private equity class, which will be a, a practicum 
class similar to a very popular class at Harvard. We've gotten to spend some time with Josh Lerner there. And that uh, the demand for that class so far is going to well exceed expectation. Uh, as we turn the page from a research standpoint, we are working with the Private Capital Research Institute. We'll be hosting a small roundtable event this summer, which will bring together some of the brightest minds um, within finance from an academic standpoint, as well as GPs and LPs to discuss the sustainability of private equity returns. And I guess that would be an example of a couple of things that are, uh, are on our horizon. As for me, uh, I'm having a lot of fun enjoying this, and uh, you know, we'll see where the next step looks like. Well, you're coming into spring and then summer in South Bend, and I know that you commute back and forth, but uh, it's not a bad place to be uh, in the world as uh, you know, spring spring arrives. So, uh, it does you know? Sounds like you may be if the fun and uh, and engagement and excitement and you know, inspiration and intellectual drive and opportunity. If that's you know the contest, uh, you you know, it certainly feels like you're on a on a winning track. So uh, I'm I'm envious and and congratulations to you. Uh, Kevin Burke is Managing Director of Notre Dame's Institute for Global Investing at the Mendoza College of Business at Notre Dame. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Chris, thanks for the opportunity and look forward to catching up soon. I'm Chris Reback. This is Working Capital Conversations.